0: Dementia Researcher, with a blogger narrating. Building blocks and supervision skills. Despite feeling like I have only just finished my own PhD, I'm now supervising several PhD students myself. I have learnt so much more already and it is genuinely a joyful experience. It has allowed me to reflect on the supervision I received, deepening my understanding of what and how I learnt things, but it has also shown me how challenging it can be to be the best supervisor for that person. I started supervising others many moons ago in my prior life as a speech and language therapist. In this context, I attended training and read guidance and learnt about strategies akin to coaching, whereby one uses reflective and open questions to support the person to come to their own conclusions and decisions. This approach comes with an empathic, open listening style that allows the supervisees to bring their own feelings and frustrations to the session and helps them unpack how to cope as well as how to problem solve clinically. It is a supportive model, providing a sense of safety and support whereby clinicians can test out theories and thoughts and ideas to inform their practice. In general, this approach to supervision veers away from didactic teaching processes. It can, however, result in a kind of maternalistic feeling and can prevent people from progressing independently. This is a feeling and explicitly encouraging independence is something I have developed as a supervisory skill over many more years. As a PhD student, I started supervising master's projects, initially jointly with my supervisor and then more independently or in collaboration with other early career researchers. The benefit of this joint supervision was vast. We all learned from our own experiences of receiving supervision, but co-supervising with my supervisor felt like an apprenticeship Using a goal-driven approach, encouraging people to develop their research skills and helping them to take responsibility for how to get there themselves is exciting. Yet equally, being actively involved in their skill development is also satisfying. Specifically, I was able to refine the way I provided feedback to develop their presentation and academic writing skills, for example. Often this is a process of encouraging students by suggesting how to phrase things, how to structure things like paragraphs and explaining how to build a narrative. The phrasing of each suggestion is key, followed by direct instructions on how to use this feedback. For example, read through the suggested amendments and comments, accept track changes, then go back and address each turn in comment, turn comment in turn. Don't rewrite the whole thing, which many students seem to do. I have learnt so much about writing from reading other people's writing, receiving suggestions and making suggestions to other people to improve their writing. Without a doubt, this has had a positive impact on my own writing skills. Now, having graduated from my own PhD, I have now been able to supervise PhD students myself. Firstly, as a second supervisor and secondly, in a more leading role. Applying for a fellowship, which included money for a PhD student, both fees and a wage, was a revelation. I was able to advertise for the position and I interviewed six potential students. I felt an incredible amount of responsibility for this person, but they are also an asset to my team. They're working on my fellowship, but they're bringing their own perspectives and drives to explore data. I've applied for two further pots of funding for PhD students and I anticipate finding out if I've secured that money in the next month or so. Applying for this type of money has enabled me as a supervisor to provide for students with an income and tuition fees. I want to support people who would ordinarily not be able to afford to do a PhD, for example. I want to build a team of researchers and pay forward all the things I've learned and found so interesting and exciting. But supervisees, both master students and PhD students, don't really just fall into your lap. You have to go and find them. You have to invest in them and nurture those relationships. I've learnt to link in with colleagues and make suggestions about working together on small projects to supervise master students. I've asked for guidance on developing my own skills and I've promoted research to allied health professionals in particular, and I've asked for mentorship to become a PhD supervisor. Consequently, I've applied for this money and asked for more help from experienced colleagues in doing so. I've also nurtured relationships, supporting people to apply for pre-doctoral funding to do master's of research, and that's consequently resulted in supporting them to apply for funding to do PhDs also with me. It feels like I'm growing something bigger with more power than just me to help people with dementia and their family members have better conversations. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.